Hello and welcome back to Murder, Myra and Me with myself, Maya and Tara. Hello. Today we're going to be focusing on Angel of Death, which is a, what would you call it, like a phrase given to different, a specific type of murderer or yeah. abuser, negligence. It sort of falls onto many different characters. Lots of different categories. M- Munchausen syndrome by proxy. So we'll delve into sort of different mm. topics underneath umbrella. We've got three cases today that we're going to discuss, but there's many, many more out there. Um, Tara's going to talk to us about Beverly Allett mm-hmm. in, in a bit more detail. And I've got two sort of shorter cases, which is Richard Angelo and Charles Edmund Cullen. So thank you for listening and enjoy. Hello again, I'm going to start with Richard Angelo, who is an American serial killer, a former nurse mm. um, in New York. I've uh, definitely heard of this one. He must have done. Yeah. I think he was quite... It's the Anglo, Anglo. I mean, because it's, it's like I'm an sure angel there's... of death and he's called Anglo. It's kind of, uh, I, I don't know, maybe... I'm I just feel like there was another one called well, another Anglo. Yeah. But there's been, well, I suppose it's quite a common name, isn't it? Like it's Angel. Maybe I'm thinking Angelo. Angelo. Could be. Because one of the Hillside Stranglers was called Angelo. That's what I'm getting confused mm. with. I sometimes feel like, because I'm massively into true crime, that these people are inhabiting my brain a little bit. They sort of pollute your head and... and Oh, oh, I know. It's really Taking bad, up loads of space and that. Like I said to you earlier, you know, what, what have I been doing with my spare time lately? Just having a complete binge on anything true crime. True crime life. Yeah, it does to complete. Like, I don't really want to watch anything on TV unless it's true crime related. I seem to either want to watch historical yeah. stuff um, or true crime. Yeah. Um, but we've, Our next episode, we've already planned, will be slightly less murdery. <laughs> it still is, kind yeah, of. Yeah, well, people do die, sadly, but, from a different um, but it's, perspective. it's hideous, the next one, but we'll... we'll but different. We'll you, a, you'll a, find a out. teaser. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Richard, 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 Richard. He <laughs> was convicted in 1989. Oh gosh, so it's quite a long time ago. Yeah, um, of murdering several of his patients and sentenced to 50 years to life. It's a quite a hefty mm. sentence. Um, he killed eight and poisoned 26 um, others. Um Norm, I've put normal parents. I'm like, he has no excuse. Literally no excuse. He had a very normal childhood. I like that. Normal family. I think How we're both... dare you, Richard? You, I know. You've got, you have but a you know, normal you always, childhood. I always end up looking at the childhood because oh, I'm seriously. like, usually there's a reason for why you... So I remember recently listening to a podcast and so, I don't know who it was. Could have been an FBI profile or something. But um, he was saying, oh, you know, it was the Menendez brothers that made it all about your parents treat you badly. Who are the Menendez brothers? Oh, do you not know them? Oh, that's another one for another time then. Oh, you will know them. Probably, I don't know. Two Americans that, but yeah, I won't get into it now. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty much sure that people have been making excuses for why they behave badly for, since, you know. Yeah, since the dawn of time. Yeah, exactly. I, I think... 
Oh, do you know what I listened to on Radio 4 again the other day, which was absolutely fascinating. You know this whole thing about the young people saying like too much? <laughs> yeah. And they're, like, trying to ban it in some schools. Oh, Jesus. Good luck with that. They had a language professor or whatever on there who was like, well... <laughs> he was like, well... Um, <laughs> case in point. Um, who said that it, like, has been used historically as a filler... We've always used different words yeah. as fillers, yeah. and that's what like has been the new modern, although it's not so modern yeah. apparently, way of talking. So some people say um a lot, some people say other words mm. as a fillers. It's just a filler yeah. for when you're trying to think about what to say next, or you can't 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 quite get your words out Ugh. when you want to, which I do a lot. We all do, Maya. Yeah. Not everybody records podcasts. Not everyone's perfect. Well, Definitely. I not. don't know anyone that's perfect. Please tell me. I'd love to know. No, yeah, no. we're all we're all imperfect. Yeah, too right. Anyway, that was a little sidetrack, yes. but I just thought Side it was very, very, very fascinating. I was like, yeah, don't you try and down talk the young generation. <laughs> I haven't no, heard that because I'm too old. I should tell my dad that because it, it's something it does that he, used to, he yeah, him. I used to say what all the time, and he used to call me, be no, like, I, oh, I, it's the what bird back, he used to say. I don't, it's not what you say, or oh, it does irritate me when it's in year and then quite like that, I'm like, Pardon, excuse me. Enunciate. Yes, but I have made. I don't know what it is, but when people, I'm trying not to be too much of a Nazi now, but because obviously I I understand more about spelling and things. But when people use a lot as one word, because yeah. a lot is two words. A lot. Really vexes me. I've never thought of that before. Yes, it's definitely two words. So people out there, um, a lot is two words was it the other day that I read out and I never realised that it had I'd always said it one way, I can't remember I'd always said it one way and Matthew and Rachel were like, sorry you've only ever heard it that way I can't, well, I can't you have to you. find out now and I, tell me no, no, I do this all me. the time don't I yeah, you do <laughs> Oh, you know, I was this just... the other day and I've no idea what it's called, but it's amazing. You just watch it, Tara. Like, My yeah, brain right. has like loads of information in it that doesn't actually like have a connection. It's just like random. Owen, Owen did say to me, he said, God, you two. So it's like you just fire off into different places, which we've always done this. And I'm like, well, that's the way the podcast is going to be. Yeah, that's sorry. where we are. Shall not, we... Sorry, not sorry. Shall we uh, get back to what we're actually talking about? Oh, piece of candy. Woo, let's go. <laughs> Literally, our lives. Oh, whatever. Well, they'll either like it or they're not. To be fair, I don't actually mind if nobody's listening because I'm enjoying. We're we're just having a chatting to you about true crime. Yeah, so. And, you know, if we. Bugger you lot. (laughs) (laughs) Right, back on track, Tara, because otherwise we'll get a complaint from our listener, Evan. (laughs) Okay, so, Richard. Uh, He killed. Eight, yeah, we've talked about that already. So, okay, so... Do, do you know what he po- 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 poisoned them with? Jesus. He injected into their IVs... Pa- pav... Pavnolon? Which was... Pavulon. Pavulon, which was... They found that he was doing that because they found it in their urine when they... Jesus Christ. Yeah. And then the and other times it was as- asenatine. That's an, that's an E. That's a C. Mm. Um, anicity. Yeah. Never anicity. heard of these two. No. Um, but they're apparently paralysing agents. Oh no, I thought it was going to be something like scoline or something. I think it's scoline or 
Oh, don't know. But then this was quite a long time ago. Yeah. So whether it was different drugs, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a drug expert. So anyway, his main thing was that he he wanted to wait for cardiac arrest and then come in and save the day because obviously he oh. knew he knew what he'd given them, so he knew yes, how he to knew re- how to remedy the situation. Well, only I suppose well, eight times he didn't. Yeah, or didn't get there in time. Or times Richard Bennett overdosed them or did something silly because he was only a nurse. He wasn't a doctor. Well, I've met a lot of doctors who couldn't find their arse in the dark. That's but, true. You know. Some nurses are great, some horrific. Well, this one was not so great. So, yeah, he definitely had the hero complex. Of See, this is what's interesting about the angel of death. Some of them have it because they, they want that the attention. kind of... Yeah, I mean, is that whole hero complex thing, is that a form of Munchausen syndrome? I don't know. That could be interesting. I don't know either, but it's it's essentially a really messed up way of getting attention. Yeah. But I suppose it's not Munchausen syndrome. Because it's, it's not it, doing it to... to to themselves, which is Munchausen yeah. syndrome, so it's Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Yeah. Or maybe it's like Munchausen syndrome by proxy light. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Because he's trying to fix them afterwards. Yeah. Whereas, I don't think. I many... think he just wants that idea of oh my god, you're the best. Like oh, yeah. you know that feeling that you get really when you've think... done something great. It yeah. is a really good feeling. It's very intoxicating. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. I I think you know. That, and obviously great. he maybe. I mean, I was saying he had normal parents, but. What is a normal parent? Right? Oh yeah, exactly. So we obviously felt in some way he needed um, gratification. I don't know, like someone to tell you, you did a great job today. Mm-hmm. Well done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think I think if you go into that kind of profession, you you probably do have those kinds of needs on some level. You you want to sort of recognise, yeah. yeah, because you you care about people yeah. normally in that situation. But also the thing that's interesting, he's just doing it in a very twisted way. Yeah. But but that's that's the interesting thing about Beverly Allen is that she went into nursing when and when you think about um, go so on like, to talk to us about because yeah, that's so, all I had on um, Richard. Okay. Well, what I, all I was going to say was you know when you think about like paedophiles and, and yeah. people who victimise children, yeah, they usually insert themselves into jobs or roles or positions where they have an opportunity to. Um, abuse those kids you know oh, so see, yeah so a nurse by definition the angel of death thing people are always like oh god you know they and it's horrendous because they're a nurse and it's like well yeah it makes sense doesn't it because they they're going to be in that position where they're actually trying to help people in inverted commas yeah but they actually have ready-made opportunities to help people as part of their day-to-day job and then they can engineer yeah um situations so so let's move on to Beverly Allett. I mean, I'd be very surprised if people haven't heard of Beverly Allett, but if you haven't, just to sort of give you some background on her, she was born on the 4th of October in 1968, and she um, was one of four children, and her family, you know, I've, I've written down, you know, like humble, humble family beginnings, so, you know, there's nothing particularly out of the ordinary. Mum and Dad were both working, seemingly sort of relatively working class people not that that makes a difference but you know there was nothing out of the ordinary of her childhood at all again like mm-hmm. yeah exactly like you know let's call him dick um <laughs> there was nothing there that you can sort of attribute this to however she um was eventually convicted for murdering four children attempted murder of three others and then um gbh which is grievous bodily harm for another six so she had 13 victims, but I think what is absolutely spectacularly outstanding 
and shocking with her is that these 13 victims were all in a 59 day period between February and April 1991. So although so, it's only 13. But in such a short space But she time. obviously was just out of control. Uh-huh. So imagine um, if that they hadn't stopped her. I know, right? She would have just ploughed on through. Unbelievable. Um, so yeah, the the victims were all from um, the paediatric ward. I can't remember the name of the ward, but um, it was at Grantham Hospital, and I think something like Ward Seven. But I didn't think it had like a paediatric ward when I. Oh uh, right. Um, so, but the thing about her as well is that she used to. Well, they didn't find out about all the things that she did. There was some discussion about whether or not she actually sort of suffocated some of the children to bring on like a cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. Um, but what she did was that she used insulin. That's not subtle though. No, not at all. Not at all. But you think about it, she's she's dealing with the you know, pediatric ward. But she yeah. also put air bubbles into the IVs as well. So she's uh, in that situation. Um but yeah, so she was working at Grantham Hospital and they I've read a lot of stuff about this and some people talk about how she failed her exams, and I th- I can't really I can't really sort of get into the um, details of that. I can't seem to find any actual evidence of that. But what she did do was she was working as a, an SEN, and that's no longer a nursing qualification, which is um, recognised in this country. It is recognised, but you can't actually get the Just qualification. Just explain what an SEN is. So an SEN is a state-enrolled nurse, yeah. and it was a two-year course that you could actually go to, and it was kind of like a stepping stone, I think, for maybe those people who wanted to be a nurse, but they didn't have quite have the qualifications to get into the what was then the premier level of nursing, which was something called a state-registered nurse. Because back in, like, 1999, um, well, before 1999, but we had... Sort of pro- they called it Project 2000 Nursing, and that was when nursing... Um, I feel like the face of nursing completely changed. That's when you had, like, degree-educated nurses and midwives, and and that's where, you know, the, the sort of standard of, of care really was enhanced. But So Beverly Allett was essentially an SEN, and I would imagine probably now she would be doing the kind of stuff that, that the things like the HCAs, which is a healthcare assistant and the maternity care assistants yeah. are doing, you know, taking pulses and temperatures and... Yeah. Sort of lower level stuff that yeah. um that state registered nurse maybe wouldn't get involved in. I think um what is really shocking about this is that out of the uh thirteen victims, I I think I tried to write down the four that died. Two of them were eleven. Sorry, two of them were seven weeks and uh, eight weeks old respectively. One was fifteen months, and then one was an eleven year old. But this is a little boy who had cerebral palsy. <gasps> So she really, she she. I think for her it was a, it was an opportunistic situation when yeah. she was doing it, and she actually I feel the reason why she's quite unusual is that she definitely had Munchausen syndrome, but when she went onto this ward and became an SEN, she then sort of gone went on to Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Yeah, she was. No, this stuff didn't happen overnight you know she didn't just rock up finish her SEN training rock up and then start killing kids she was a complete wrong one yeah. from the get-go yeah. and what she did like I said she would insert herself into these situations she was as a young person she would volunteer to sort of babysit and look after people's kids but she was really weird she there's a story on here I, I can't find this place called biography.com and it talks about how she um she had uh, an appendix operation which she probably 
faked. I don't know, but she probably didn't from yeah. her history. And the scar never healed because she was constantly messing around with it. And she would go from one doctor to another so that she got the sympathy, basically, yeah. and the tension. Yeah. She would wear fake bandages on her arms and, and pretend that she'd got, like, injuries. She'd fake casts. This is all as a young Whoa. person. So this pathology and this sort of psychopathology that she had, this behaviour, didn't just magically appear when no. she started working on this ward. It was there the whole time. And one of the things that I, I did read about, I don't know if it was on this one, actually, but, um, yeah, so it was suspected of odd behaviour, right? So I find this really weird. Um, this is the nurse, when she gone to nursing is, she school? Was, yes, this is when she was in, like, the nurse's home. Odd behaviour, right? I lived in the nurse's home once. This is This stuff didn't happen. There was odd behaviour, but I don't consider this to be odd behaviour. So let me read out the odd behaviour. Smearing feces on walls. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah, right. She's not like... That's not odd behaviour. I wouldn't even expect that's, a child to do that. That is effed up, man. Yeah, that's, that's not, not odd. But I don't call that odd behaviour. Um, I also said that she had like massively high um, absentee less, uh, levels. So she just... just that, and I did read oh, that. So she didn't turn yeah, up yeah. for class because she was meant to be ill. She, caught, she um, allegedly said that she'd been raped... Um, like all the, a number of times that she was pregnant, allegedly, all this stuff. So she, the whole time she was just getting attention all yeah. the time. But then I also read somewhere about how she, and I found this really weird as well. The, the, again, it's, it's how we minimise these kinds of behaviours. And I, I think one of the things that we should look at is when we, we have an interaction with somebody, you think, oh, that's really strange. You then look back, and she went on to kill these kids, and I think she was going to do that, whatever happened. I don't think anyone could have stopped her unless she wasn't in that position of, of power or authority. But um, she was in a relationship uh, with a woman, another woman, and the, the woman's mum said, oh, you know, she, she was... You couldn't help but love her because she, you know, she was just... As you got to know her, she was a great person. But then goes on to describe how abusive she was to her daughter. And one of the things she did is that she got a knife and stabbed her daughter's pillow because they've had an argument that's not normal do you see what i mean so that's threatening coercive control behavior it's mad stuff um and she also uh in the nurse's home apparently one night got a poo and grilled it she put it on the grill and grilled her own disgusting that makes me feel sick i'm just (laughs) I've always said my, this is a joke within my family. I'm a very liberal person in all senses. That's a Scandi. Yeah, I'm very, very Scandi. I don't care talking about my own poo for whatever reason. Just well, you can learn a lot from your poo. <laughs> but I did this is not like <laughs> But you you don't go to that. No. I mean that is disgusting. Oh my god. It's that is revolting. Beyond, beyond insane. What makes you think, oh, I know what I'll do. do was she trying to make herself sick? Is this, this part of her mojo? I don't know. Did but she feed thing. it to other people or attempt to feed it to other people? I don't know. I don't I'm know. assuming as soon as they bloody smell, I mean, that could probably smell awful. Oh, mate. I don't even want to think about Can that. Can you imagine being one of the people that had to live with her? No. No. Oh. That's what I mean. Like You don't get any choice about who's living in the nurse's home. It's not great. It's not great, even if the people that you live with are all right, you know? Oh, yeah. Anyway, so she she um, 
Yeah, she That's she was a Roman. But she also she also um she also had a boyfriend, I think, and she physically abused him and accused him of attacking her. So she had her. a boyfriend and a girlfriend. So she's yeah, bisexual. she's had yeah, she's. I mean, I think to be honest, I think she's one of these people that will go in a relationship with somebody that gives her the attention. Right. But what I found fascinating about her is that she exhibited this signs of Munchausen syndrome, and then she um basically killed these children and um, attacked these children who were so defenceless. Um, and a lot of them were in there for things like, I mean, I think the first victim was a little boy called Liam Taylor, and I think he was in, he was admitted to hospital because he had a chest infection. So he wasn't in there for anything. No. I'm not saying he, he shouldn't have been hospitalised. Obviously, he was hospitalised for a reason, but he, you know, he wasn't, he was likely to get better. Yeah. You know, um, there's no hero complex here of saving someone from a long no, death. No, there's none. None of no. the oh, this person's got terminal cancer. Pure attention. Yeah, pure attention. And you know, she. But what attention is she gaining from that? Well, I don't... because um, obviously, what happened over a period of time, and there's a really good documentary about this, and um, she, she basically, I think she changed the. Or what she did and how they responded to it did change the face of sort of nursing and right. paediatrics um, within the UK. But I think it took a long time. Yeah. But she was doing it because she was, you know, these children were dying. And then so people were fussing her because she was their named nurse usually. Yeah. I think what happened is, is that when, when within the hospital, and, and I don't know this, this is all from memory, so I'm not, I may not be remembering it correctly... But when they first started having these deaths and these sort of unusual attacks where the kids would stop breathing or they, they would have like, you know, what well, they think some sort of cardiac uh, responses that they thought they'd perhaps got some sort of bug on the ward or there yeah. was something going on on this particular ward because it was one ward that was happening. Yeah. And what would happen is they would, they, the kids would collapse and they would rescue them or save them. And then they would get transferred over to like a, you know, a different and more um, high level hospital. And then they'd stabilise. Yeah. And then they'd come back and the same thing would happen again. Yeah. Um, so they really were concerned within the um, paediatric department that there was a problem. And one of the consultants really wanted to find out what was going on. Yeah. And the other one was like, no, this is not a problem with the unit. Stop being ridiculous. You know, one was in denial. Ah, this is the one that I think might... A TV series that I just watched yeah. that was a drama might well have been based Possibly. on... I'll, um, I'll put on the Instagram this particular TV series because it is really fascinating mm. to watch. It is fascinating. Yeah, and it's about a specific hospital in England. Yeah. I don't know if it's based on true things. It doesn't specifically when say. you think about the NHS, it's like, it's a huge organisation. So Massive. All kinds of life will be reflected within the NHS, you know, because of the nature of the beast. But what was really interesting here is that I think eventually the police were involved and they pretty much worked out relatively quickly, quickly that there was one common denominator yeah and that happened to be that beverly annett was on shift but she wasn't stupid you know she ripped out books and like nursing notes really? and logs and things so that she you know she she was a real piece of work you know when it came to that kind of stuff and and actually i think and lots and lots and lots of people who i've listened to podcasts who've talked about this the thing that disturbs them most is that she killed so she killed one twin, a little girl, and her, and then she attacked the, the sister. And her sister, she saved her sister, saved, saved in inverted commas. Mm. And the parents were so grateful that they made her godmother. 
Imagine they're how they feel when they find out. I know. What a what an evil what a horrible little Yeah. What a piece then. I was gonna call her a bitch and then I thought that was <laughs> Well I don't know. I think they're just words, you know. If people sorry if you're offended by swearing, I, you know It's just how I felt it's in the just, moment. Yeah, sometimes a swear word is what you want to bitch say. Isn't that bad, is it really? No, no, I've got, my, my friend Sarah Brendel doesn't like that word, but uh, there are other words that I find more offensive. Mm. But yeah, so so the thing about that is that she had Munchausen's. Then she goes on and she starts attacking these children and, and you know, really causes life-changing illnesses for, for some of them, you know, lots and lots of problems. Um, but then once she's, con- once she's like, arrested and she's t- taken to prison, the Munchausen starts up again. Yeah. So... She now doesn't have like the, the vehicle of using the children and attacking the kids. So she's back on. So herself. she's going to back. Yeah, she's internalizing it. So she did this thing. She she was like you know there's pictures of her. And she's she's not like morbidly obese, but she's she's chunky. You know she's she's just a she's a big she's gal. Just, yeah, she's just a you know a bit chunky, but she lost I don't know like four stone really quickly yeah. and then like was anorexic and then she would manifest all these bloody illnesses and and it's really interesting the fact that you know. She she's obviously going to be a danger to people for the whole of her life. Yeah. And they actually didn't send her to jail. They sent her to Rampton in the end. She's at Rampton now, which is Cure Mental Hospital in Nottinghamshire. Oh. And, um, yeah, she's... So she's... I don't think she's ever going to get out. I mean, apart from the fact that she's a, she's a... She's a risk, if not to herself, to other people. Without a doubt. She's going to do what she needs to do to, to get as much attention as possible through the rest of her life. I think that, that that's a given. Um, and also, I do find, I find the sort of dichotomy of how the legal system in this country views women is very interesting because it's either, God, you're an evil bitch, I'm going to throw the book at you, like her, which she deserves. And yeah. like, for one moment, do I think that she deserves anything else? Or, oh, you couldn't possibly have done the things yeah. you've done and they let them off. Really, I hate that. Yeah, me too. It's like, well, hang on a minute. We don't, we're not like this, guys. Um, so, yeah, and, I, and I, I think with her, she, I don't think she'll ever get out. And I think if she did get out, it'd be the same thing with Myra Hindley. You know, she was just evil beyond words. And Beverly Allen is like the, maybe the sort of more modern version, version of, of Myra yeah. Hindley. Yeah. I, I wouldn't feel safe if I thought that she was coming back into my community. No. Um, and obviously she's not going to be a nurse. We know that. Yeah. But... She's going to find some way. Yeah. I don't think she's been an easy prisoner in, in jail either. Haven't read much about her time in jail. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm quite glad that she's in Rampson and that she's away. And I thought, just because we're always sort of looking at um, the person, the perpetrator, I thought I would just read the names of the the children that she victimised, because I want us to sort of focus on the victims as much as possible and their families. And like I say, they were so young, some of them, and they never ever got an opportunity just because they happened to have the misfortune of being on the ward that she was on. So so there was a little boy called Liam Taylor, Timothy Hardwick, and then little girls Becky Phillips and Claire Peck. They were all murdered by Beverly Allett. And then the survivors were Kaylee Desmond, Paul Crampton, Bradley Gibson, Michael Davidson, 
Yik Hung Chan, also known as Henry, and Katie Phillips. So, yeah, they were the people that you know. They're the people that we should be thinking about, really. Yeah, that's really important, actually. So so often, we forget or don't put so much emphasis on the victims. And yeah, I I think it is. You know, you have to. I think you have to accept that we're fascinated by these people because, for the most part, I think when you're into Tukon, you're not. You're not a nutter in the traditional sense no. of you're not. You've known well. I have no intention, and I know you're the same, of harming anyone. But it's the darkness, and I think understanding. Sometimes that I find darkness, it really quite difficult to, to focus on the victims because it becomes so real. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's some. It's easy sometimes to, focus on the, horribleness and, um, darkness like you were saying of the, the perpetrator, mm-hmm. and, put to aside the victim because it's just sometimes it's just so difficult to actually think about it, isn't yeah. it? But I think for me, you know, I, I'm, a person that tries to see the good in in people, and I think. By looking at the darkness and, and understanding the way these people operate, it enables you to sort of appreciate the light. Definitely. And appreciate the fact that and most of the time when you're moaning about the stuff that you're moaning about, actually it's not that big a deal. No. It's really not. <laughs> definitely not. Puts life into perspective, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, there's a very good TV series that's just been on BBC called Trust Me which is about a similar situation of a um angel of death mm. drama which i think was absolutely fascinating and it had a lot of twists and turns and i don't think it was i think it, there's been two series and i watched the second series uh, i must have watched the third first one but so that's called trust me trust me yeah. really good i definitely recommend it i will watch that when i'm ironing do yeah. i might watch it again why not? Yeah. Um, the last case I was going to talk about today, um, I haven't done a huge amount of research, just a little bit of research to um, have a bit more diversity in today's episode. Um, but it might be one we decide to go into more detail because mm. this guy, there's obviously something really quite wrong with this guy. So um, Charles Edmund Cullen, he was an American serial killer who f- confessed, to 40 they think around 40 murders um however he's suspected to have killed many more up to over 100 but he literally can't remember the names that's the only reason they haven't been able to convict him for more but he is in prison for life Mm. um thank god The, the 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 saving grace about this case is he was very forthcoming and being well this is what I've got from the research that I've done is he was quite forthcoming and saying, yeah, I did all these things and it was to all these people and hands up, that was me. But he literally could not remember. He was so fixated on actually murdering and hurting people. And he looks... That picture of him... Maya's got a picture of him in his research and he looks a bit... Yes, that's the word. Sad. Just a bit of a mess. Yeah. I mean, what was he? Was he a nurse? Yeah. Christ, I don't so, know that I'd want my nurse looking like that. Bit of background for you to understand him a little bit better. He was a nurse for 16 years in New Jersey. 
Um, he had a very unhappy child, very unhappy happy childhood. Mm. Um, Which obviously never the three helps. That we've chosen. He's the only one. Yeah, exactly. So maybe a little bit more understanding of why mm. he did what he did. Never it doesn't mean that it's right, but a bit more context, I suppose. So um, his he lost both of his parents. His dad when he was a baby, and his mum when he was about. Three years old? No, sorry. When he was in high school. Mm. Um, junior year of high school. Um, that must be hard. So he lost both both parents pretty young. Um, he, from the age of nine years old, was showing suicidal tendencies and was trying to... Um, it was often like chemicals, he'd drink chemicals, like bleach, for example, or he would just be trying to hurt So he's obviously a very troubled child. Yeah. Child. Because nine years old, you should be playing with your Tonka toys. Yeah, you and... should be happy. You should have no cares God. in the world. So, so there's obviously something there, mm. right from the beginning. Um, he went into the US Army and... God. I know, which just adds to your... Yeah. Uh, emotional stability to say like i oh know like where i'm gonna get really messed up and the what's, military woo-hoo. and what's mad is he's obviously a troubled prob- troubled boy at this i don't know when he went into the army but he was troubled he went in and he was part of the submarine unit which they do rigorous so, on the submarines so he's, he was God. on submarines i can't even go on a submarine it's not even dirty submerged i know exactly no. can you imagine no that so he had no. he had to undergo rigorous psych tests to to check that obviously <laughs> not that rigorous thing no we couldn't i don't know how <laughs> sorry i'm laughing how the hell did they miss it it's not that funny but rigorous but it, man like, it is you're right mate yeah i'm good let's go no that obviously was about all they did I mean, to be suicidal from nine years old and that's not, pass... I can't believe it. I'm just thinking, my little niece is, is 10 today, right? And she is she is a ray of sunshine. Yeah. She is a delight and, and a, a gem. And, you know, she has her moments where she's got the hump about things. She'll be delighted today because she's getting two dwarf hamsters. <gasps> she'll she'll know. So she's, her dad said it to her about two years ago, I think, that um, she could have... Um, oh, but he's regretting that. Yeah, now. she wanted she wanted Dwarfhampton's for birthday, and he was like, "Yeah, you can have it when you're ten. Oh. And then she she's literally remembered that. He was thinking, "Oh, she'll never remember that," and that's all she's gone on about. So, that's <laughs> so what I'm kids like, do. Brilliant. But you know what I mean? That's what she. You, that's what you should be doing yeah. at nine. You should be thinking about your dwarf hamsters, man. You not shouldn't trying be thinking, to commit yeah, like drinking bleach. I know. That's when you think like the context. Yeah. Because sometimes you hear stuff and you you just inured to it, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Context. Bloody it's hell. just, it's crazy that he managed to get through. He got through the psychiatric assessment. Because think about it as well. When you're on a submarine, you could be down there for months on end. So yeah, that's and why. You're in bloody danger to the to the rest of the crew. Yeah, exactly. At least if you're on a ship that can hang you overboard and just leave yeah. you there surf. But on a bloody submarine, oh god, you're stuck. Really? Aren't Although you? I don't know. Like I suppose submarines in the Second World War. I'm not saying the Second World War. Not excuse me. I'm hiccuping. But um. They they weren't as submerged as much, but modern submarines are submerged. I don't more. actually have any dates written down. Like I said, I just did a very quick research project on this because I saw how much in detail I could go and I just thought, we ain't got time. So anyway, um, 
Tara's going to have a little look whilst I'm I carry on. I'm just going to see who Charles Edward Cullen, see what, what the year is. Because he, he looks are. relatively modern to me. Yeah, I think it wasn't that long ago, to be honest. So anyway, he was medically discharged from the army, which mm-hmm. again adds to... Amazing. Um, he looks a bit like Jeffrey Dahmer, Jesus. So he was born in 1960. He was 58 when he was... No, oh, his dad was 58 and he was died when he... Oh, so 1988. Oh, right, so he was like 28 when he confessed to murders at St Barnabas. So he was young. Oh, my God. So he obviously wasn't in the army for that long. No. So he was. they obviously got him in, realised that he was not all right medically discharged him there's no information about what the actual medical discharge oh, was about. i don't like him he abused the family dogs yes that's what Bastard. i was going to come on to so he went to nursing school he married um and his wife became disturbed by his abusive behavior within the house especially to the family dog we don't like people that don't no, like dogs no. so if you're then going to abuse a dog we don't like you even more oh, yes um and there was just weird behavior she just said something wasn't right and she got divorced. Uh, which I think set him off even more to start on this spree. And so he became even more suicidal. He, I think he was already murdering at this point. But it got worse. Um, he administered lethal doses of drugs through an IV, which seems to be the method of choice. So easy, isn't it? Um he moved around from hospital to hospital. So basically, I don't think he was a particularly great nurse anyway, so people mm. didn't particularly like him, mm. which also makes me think that he probably just got shoved in a corner and left to his own devices, because mm. if he's not that great, they're not going to be calling on him every five minutes, are they? And I feel like those sort of people, they just end up slipping through the system. Yeah, it's difficult, because what can happen in these situations, and particularly in America, where... They seem to, you know, they've got that thing where they have that, you know, someone trips you over and you you sue them. Yeah. What they'll do is they'll sack people or they'll make them leave, but they won't actually admit that there's they've been grossly negligent or there's been a pattern of behaviour or or whatever. So it's just easier for them to just punt the problem onto the next person. And I think he basically did that. He just got fired or left before he knew yeah, he was something like was going to happen uh, and he just moved around from hospital to hospital to hospital to hospital and I don't think it was till the last hospital where someone were, was suspicious of him mm. and was basically like there's something going on here that's more than oh my god there's so much information yeah I this is I literally it was last night and I couldn't face it face the wrath there's of information Pages and pages and pages. So we can definitely go into this one in more detail if people want us to. Give us, um, send us, put comments on Instagram or send us an email. Or you can actually even, if you're listening on Anchor, you can send us voice messages. Oh, cool. Um, So if you want to do that, please feel free. Um, Yeah, so he is, he's kind of a piece of work, but he's also a really disturbed person, obviously. There's more to it than just being... Oh, it's really hard, isn't it? Because I, I think you've got to, you've got to have some empathy for people. But then there's a point where he killed thousands of, well, hundreds of people. Yeah. They're saying he's sort of named as the, you know, the most prolific 
serial killer they think of in America, but they don't have the numbers, so they mm. can't say that he is. It's like Harold Shipman, isn't it? Yeah. In the UK, you yeah. know, he was another angel of death, and, and you know, he's another one that we could go into massively. But he he killed over two hundred women. Yeah. That they know of. Yeah. Or two hundred people that they know of. Yeah. And yet he was only convicted for killing another one. So only so because well, they have to 15. have the evidence, right? To yeah, and and I understand that it makes sense, but how how distressing for the people who maybe have come into contact with these guys over a period of time. And the interesting thing about Harold Shipman is that he actually didn't... Because there, there are other um, stories of people killing people for financial gain, which yeah. kind of makes sense a little bit, doesn't it? But Harold Shipman did it just because just he was, I think, a sociopath. Um, and then eventually he got caught because he got greedy and he realised, oh, I can actually kill these people, which is fun. And I can also profit... Because I'm going to fake their wills. Um, whereas Beverly Allett, Munchausen Syndrome by proxy. Yeah. Um, the first guy, Angelo or Angelo, he obviously had the hero thing, which could possibly Munchausen Syndrome yeah, by proxy. Yeah, I suppose you could But he's, that. I don't know. I don't really understand the, the, the sort of mental illness assessment definitions between the two. Um, I think it's grey, grey areas, yeah. right? But this other guy, I mean, the, the the Cullen guy. It sounds like everything he ever did was a cry for help. Yeah. And I think I think he probably felt, felt a sense of relief when he was arrested because he literally was like, yeah, did all those things. Yeah, did this, did that, did the other. I could tell you all the detail, but I can't tell you who I murdered because I don't remember the names. Because oh, I don't think he really cared. I think he just wanted to be caught and I don't think he wanted to live. And he was finding... He obviously couldn't go through with killing himself. I don't know why. Well, it's like those people that do suicide by cop, isn't it? Yeah. It's this whole... Fucking American. Weird... Excuse my French. I know. <laughs> Sorry if there's any Americans listening. I don't, I, I don't have problems with Americans, but it's the gun thing. It's the gun control issue. There's so many things that I think could be... Did you hear Donald Trump the other day saying about... Um, is it Sadiq? Yeah. About how yeah. his, the murder rate in London, yeah. whatever, and he had any secret control yeah. of the city. And I was like, hang on a minute. Uh, <laughs> You've I, got honestly, your children in your schools having to learn. I just, oh God, I, I there are just no words. I'm, I'm not saying I'm a fan of Sadiq Khan. I don't know, know enough about him, but I was just like, whoa, dude. Like, the stuff up. you're doing in your country, bite me. At least in England, it's much more difficult to get hold of a weapon. Imagine, imagine being able to walk into a shop and buy a shotgun. Oh, no. Not even that, you can buy like a semi-automatic weapon. In your equivalent of Asda. And you don't need to have a driver's licence. You don't even need to be able to drive a car. That's just mad to me. I think you might need a driving licence. You need ID. And they do have a cooling off period in some states. And only in some states you need But ID. this is the thing. This is why I find America mad, because... Every you've got like different. federal law, yeah, and then you've got state law, yeah, and then but then state... there's no barrier between the states. You could literally just be like, oh, well, I can't do that in my state, and go to the yeah, next one. But that's what they do. I mean, there is there. To be fair, to be fair to the Americans and who might be listening one day, hopefully, <laughs> um, there used to be a massive issue with 
communication between police forces in this country. Yeah, and they've counties. really upped And they've, they've, the county lines programme, they've changed that, like, from a safeguarding point of view yeah. and from a, from a, you know, dissemination of information point of view. They've yeah. changed all of that so that it's much, much better and there's much more cohesiveness and ability to communicate. Yeah. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's unique to America. I just think it's, it's quite strange that, they individual states have laws. Yeah. I find that very, very... But then they're literally called the United States of America. I suppose. It's um, such a big country. Yeah, so it, it's, you know, is there any clue? But certainly I don't... I'm not rushing to live in America for... <laughs> number one, I don't understand the presidency. Oh, mate, I'm not going. I'm not going. While Trump is in power, I'm no, not going there. No, no. And the there. gun laws is another thing that really scares me. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I went to New York and it, you know, it was all right. It was good fun. I enjoyed it. But Trump wasn't in power then. Yeah. I, I just don't think... And I've got a really good friend who's... Um, oh, my God, he's got the best voice ever. He's got a real languorous southern drawl, you know, and he calls oh, me wow. ma'am. <laughs> and he's lovely. Such a gentleman. Like they a are real, really, real gentleman. The lovely Americans are so lovely. Well, he's He's a gorgeous, gorgeous man. And he... He doesn't live in America, and he said he's not lived in America for a long time. But he said I cannot go back to the states while that guy is in power. He said I just can't do it. I can't bring myself to. And I thought, God, if Americans feel like that, then well, well some of them do. Yeah, well. not enough of them. Well, I don't know. It's probably like this country. I mean, how many people we? Oh, we probably oh, not even start no, on politics. How not... many people start on? Oh um, my and then goodness! Descend. It's all happening now. So what well. happened to Mr. Cullen? Did he get the electric chair? Or? I think he's still in prison. No way. Oh. He's, he's currently serving a sentence of life imprisonment without parole oh. for over 100 years to be served consecutively with other sentences in Pennsylvania. Bloody set sail. He's not getting out, is he? No, nah, he's in there for life. There's no way. Oh, so he, he was saying that he definitely did it because he cared about them. Oh, was he? Yeah. He, what does that say? He says, Cullen stated that he administered overdoses to patients in order to spare them from being coded. And that just means when you get, um, when, you, when you have a cardiac arrest yeah. or something, or respiratory arrest. And so, yeah, he was basically just, just that was what he wanted um, to do. That makes a bit more sense now, having saved victims. But then... It says here there was people that um, testified to say that he not all of his victims were like terminal. Ah, uh, so so he basically did it because he was a Roman. Yeah, basically. Yeah, Toss pot. Right. Fun times. Yeah. Well, so fun. sorry about our rant about Donald Trump, but it happens a lot. Um. Yeah. That's how we are, really, isn't it? It is, indeed. <laughs> we go off on our tangents. We so do this, our different stuff. This will be released when I. I'm back from my holiday. Yeah. Woohoo! Fun times. I know. Yeah, we're doing a little uh, batch recording. Yeah. Here. Well, I think everybody does it, don't they? Yeah. But so it's still raining, and um, yeah. Rainy, dreary England. I'm hoping that this, when this is released, it'll be lovely and sunny Sunshine. and happy and nice and vitamin um, D. Oh yeah, man, we need that. So yeah, thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening. Give us any uh feedback any um if you want us to cover any subjects please suggestions because we we're doing the podcast it's called murder more and me because we like a bit of alliteration 
Um, <laughs> and we both like the true crime, but we will talk about politics. We're both interested in politics yeah. and economics and, and you know, the life of... Yeah, we've got a few ideas in the pipeline, haven't we? Yeah. We might do a Madeleine McCann episode. Yeah. We might do a, a dyslexia episode at some point. Um, just just to try and get the information the out there on dyslexia yeah. because it's, there's so many fallacies. And, and lighten up the mood a bit, you know? Well, I was thinking maybe we should finish on like a good... Like a, on a happy stat or a good, good oh, note yeah. for the end of the podcast just because otherwise it's all a bit... And then he went to jail and he's a bastard. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I'm trying to think what could be a happy... um... Well, we both went to the gym this morning. Yes, that's great. That's a positive. And you've also not eaten your profiteroles yet. No. They're still there. The profiteroles are still sitting in my bag. Yeah. However, I might eat them soon. Well, I'm going to have a cup of tea, but I don't have any biscuits in the house. Sorry. Uh, Should have got us a treat. Well... I think do we need I think one? I'll survive. I think I've had I've been treating myself a lot the last three years. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think we're gonna try and maybe end on a positive note. So positive note, we went to the gym, we're trying to live our best life, our healthiest life. Yes. We're doing our best. The <laughs> best we can do. That was the rantiest ending to any podcast ever. I know, I know. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.